Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I really want to trust God to minister to you and speak to you and encourage you. And it's my heart also that God would draw us together um, in this hour because, you know, this world is so separated and we have this challenge of, we you know, we're all, we're, we're here um, by internet ministry. A lot of us come on by the internet and I want this to expand a whole lot. I'd love to see this internet ministry grow and grow where we've got people all over this nation that we're reaching and where we can eventually have pockets of people that are um, not only coming online, but maybe even connecting families, getting together in, in different little buildings or in, in homes and meeting. I just think that'd be the greatest thing to have people get together in areas and then they, they pray together, they get in the word together, uh, they get to know each other and develop some relationships as God, God would lead. And um, uh, so anyway, maybe God has that in our future. We don't know. I do believe it's a very strong possibility, and I'm looking forward to going to some of these places. Um, you know, I think we have about 10 or 12 people connected with us in Austin, and about 10 or 12 in um, San Antonio. So I'm looking looking forward to going there with some others and uh, meeting you guys, um, maybe having church with you all together there on a Sunday morning. Uh, just have fun, and we can eat together and get to know each other a little bit. But um, I'm looking forward to those kind of things. Um, and of course, I always love church there and um, in my home. And I'm thankful that um, you're able to meet there together today. Even though I'm not there, I still feel like I'm there. And I'm imagining seeing everybody where you sit and whatnot this morning. Uh, so, And I know you're going to have a good time. I think Elliot Martinez led praise and worship up there this morning. So I'm sure you'll have a had a good time. Well, we've been talking about following Christ, and and um, I was looking at a verse. I started out last week with a verse in John chapter twelve. Um, it's John twelve twenty six. I was reading this last week where Jesus says, "If anybody serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also." And, and then he says, if anyone serves me, let, excuse me, if anyone serves me, him, my father will honor. So we see a few things here in this verse. We see God calls us to serve and we all want to serve God. You know, generally we think we're either serving ourselves, which is a form of serving the devil, you know, or when we could also say I'm serving money or I'm serving success there's so many things we could be we could say we're serving in life, but it really forms of serving ourselves or we're serving God. OK, so we're called to serve God. We want to serve God. So to be reconciled with God, we're not serving these other things anymore. We're not even serving ourselves anymore. We're serving God and we're saying, OK, I want to serve God now. OK, I'm coming back to God. I want to be reconciled. And he says, if you want to serve me, follow me. If you want to serve me, follow me. So what does that mean? That means that. Where, it, you know, serving isn't just like um, a philosophical thing. We say we serve the Lord, but we're not actually doing anything. You know, so, but serving God is actually, you've got to do something. And the whole thing starts is by you following. It's interesting. He's not saying following is serving. 
he says you have to follow to serve. Um, so following is you're keeping your eyes on Jesus. You're, you're where he is. There's a relationship there. But serving really has to do with doing what he wants to do, um, uh, being his hands, his feet, so to speak, um, pleasing him, right? So if you want to serve, you've got to follow him. You've got to stay close to him. And you've got to do what he wants you to do because that's the serving part. So those two things need to go together. You got to follow him and then you've got to be doing what he wants you to do. And how are you going to know what God wants you to do? Well, partly you get into the word, you get to know truth and, and God puts those things in you. And then you begin to live out that by, by your conscience, by compassion. There's a word where, where he says, it says, and we'll read this perhaps later. How can the love of Christ live in you if you shut up your compassion? So he's saying there, God leads us just through us being compassionate toward others that have needs, right? So anyway, when we are flowing with God, we're in prayer, we're connected with him. We're, that's the position we need to be in to serve him and to do whatever God wants us to do in life. And I hope that you've come to these places where you've decided you're going to follow him and that you're going to serve him and do whatever he wants you to do in life. Amen. And then and then he says, if you follow, if you serve me, if you follow me, I'm going to honor you. I love that he says that. God has given us a promise that if we will follow him with all of our hearts and we will serve him, he's going to honor us. And I will tell you many times when you're following the Lord, serving the Lord, it doesn't feel like you're going to be honored for what you're doing. It feels like you're really going downhill, right? But Jesus leads us in a strange path where it looks like we're going down, letting go, diminishing. But that's the way he actually sets us up to honor us. You know that he says those who humble themselves will be exalted. And following God is a humbling process because in the process, you are going to have to let go of you let go of your pride, let go of your selfish ambition, let go of things that you think are so important, but God sees them like rubbish. There's just like nothing. And we're in bondage to things like that often. And God says, I'm going to lead you in a path of obedience and develop it and maturity where I'm going to break the power of these things. You don't realize they're wrong. You don't realize how small they are. You're making them out to be such a big thing. I'm going to work in you. I'm going to break these things and I'm going to really set you free. And it's amazing how I'm going to honor you and bless you on the other side. But as I was saying, as we're walking with God through this process, it looks like we're going down, not up, right? But by faith, we know when we take those steps forward to follow, it might feel scary. We might go, oh my, I don't know how this is going to turn out. But that's where we've got to remember 
Jesus says, if I follow, he's going to honor. If I have to let go of something and it's painful and I have to follow, he's going to honor appropriately. He knows what I'm laying down for him. And I'm going to focus on that. I'm not going to focus on what I'm laying go of. I'm going to focus on God because he says he's going to bless me. Amen. And then we have Abraham in Genesis, where in Abraham, in uh, Genesis 12, we see the first call where God's calling somebody to follow. And he says he calls Abraham out of where he was to follow him. That's another amazing story where Abraham is living his life. He's got his own life. He's got his trade, what he does to make a living. He's living like that. And God says, let go of all of it. In fact, I know your family lives there. I know. I want you to move out of there. I just want you to move on. And I want you to follow me. And maybe Abraham is like, okay, God, where are we going? Well, you're going to go to someplace good. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you in life. But I'm not going to tell you exactly how to get there. You're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to do what I'm telling you to do. Obey my word. And that's going to take you. You're going to end up where we're going. What a what a story. And you see, when you follow Christ, it's often you like stepping out on the water. You don't know where you're going. You don't know whether it's you're going to sink or, or whether you're going to keep, you, you know, your mind is, you're resting with things. Uh, a lot of us went through that when we gave our lives to the Lord. Um, I'm not sure that everybody goes through the exact same experience, but I do know there's a letting go. And there's a time when you don't wonder anymore. You know, you've given your life to the Lord. You've stepped out. You've let go. You've made some decisions. You can't turn back. And um, there you are having to trust God. Lord, you have to take care of me now, Lord. But but in some strange way, when you go through that process of letting go, faith arises and you know it's going to be okay. You know it's going to be okay. And that's a neat thing. And and so we saw that with Jesus. I'm going to honor it. We see that also with Abraham because he goes, step out, take those steps, go forward. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And I would declare to you, you have the same promises. If you will follow Christ, if you will serve him, if you'll live your life to do what he wants more than what you want. And if you'll really take that to task and you'll say, Lord, you know what? I'm going to follow you first. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to ask what's your will before I ask you meet my needs. And if it, I, I believe fully if you'll take that to heart and you'll want to do what God wants you to do, you're going to find a huge and amazing blessing come your way. Yes, it might be a process before you get there. You might walk through some things, but God intends from the very beginning to bless and honor those who follow him. So anyway, we were looking at that and uh, we're looking at the fact that I believe God is speaking in this hour, a fresh follow me. He's speaking a fresh follow me. There might be some of you who've never followed Christ at all. You might come to church. Um, you know, you might say a few prayers, but you've never turned your life over to Christ. You've never said, here I am, God. My life is yours now. I'm following you. You're first now. 
If you have it, you need to do that because that's what it means to serve God. You got to quit serving yourself. You got to quit serving your job. What I mean is you can't make that what you're living for. You've got to live for God now. And um, is God going to make you leave your job? I don't know what God's going to do. I won't expect he's going to make you to leave your job. I'd expect God say, God would say, I want you to do your job better than you've ever done it before because now you're representing me. But I'm just saying that when you give your life to the Lord, you're laying down everything and you're saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll pray, I'll, I'll listen, and I'll follow you. And for those of you that have made that decision, maybe it's been 20, 30, 40 years ago you made the decision to follow Christ and you maybe made some very difficult decisions to follow him. I believe God's speaking this word again. He's saying, follow me. Follow me afresh. I'm calling you out. You're, maybe your walk's gotten a little stale. You know, maybe you've gotten into the rhythm of following God. There's no stepping out into your faith adventures anymore because you've got a rhythm. I believe God's calling his people forward again into the new. I'm calling you to something new. And I want you to be willing to step out into it. And when you do, you're going to find me afresh in that place. That's what I believe is going to happen. So I want to encourage you to be willing this in this hour to step out of where you've been, to step out into a new place of faith. And I want to shake you a little bit if you've been serving the Lord a long time and just ask you, you know, where is your faith? Are you are you at a place of your stepping out? Is your faith growing? Is your love for God growing? Is your prayer life growing or is it retreating? Is your worship time growing or retreating? You see, I believe God's God just calling us forward. Even in my life, I'll tell you, I've had this like we, last week or two. Man, I've been wrestling with something and I thought, man, I, I feel like maybe I need to lay X, Y, Z down to be able to follow God in a new dimension of focus, etc., etc. You know, and I, I just feel like it's not just me. I feel like God's dealing with a lot of people right now wanting to call you forward. Wanting to call you forward into, into the next thing he's doing. And you need to be sensitive. You need to pray. And also, sometimes we want God to push us into something. And God just wants us to make a godly decision that will please him. So we take where we are in life and we look at it and you just go, you know what? I believe God would have me to do that. And yes, we pray about it. But unless God tells us not to, we should. We should do it because God wants us to. And um, those things tend to be very practical decisions. I was thinking just recently how we often want God to lead us supernaturally. Um, I'm that way. I like to have a word from the Lord. And I've had God lead me supernaturally before, and I just love that. But there's sometimes, in certain kinds of situations, God wants us just to make a good decision. One that's going to honor Him. One that's righteous. One that um, maybe is going to be a sacrifice. But we're making that decision, and it's just a smart, right thing to do. And it's godly. It's just, it's, it's interesting that 
God sometimes just wants us to make godly, good, right decisions. All right. So anyway, um, I want to share a little bit more about following Christ today and where that's going to, to bring us. Um, you know, when we start to follow Christ, as we saw with Abraham, we don't always know where that's going to take us. I want to share a little bit about where it's going to take us. But I guess the right way to say it is we don't always know how we're going to get there. And we don't know exactly where we're going. We have to, just like it says with Abraham, we got to stay close to him and obey to get there. Now, in a strange way, one thing that I believe God's going to do in this new hour is he's going to build community. And honestly, it looks like it's the opposite of that. We've got people in all these different cities connecting online, some just by themselves, some maybe with one or two others. But it looks like we're going in the opposite direction of developing communities or developing community. Um, but I believe God has a plan. And so strangely, we have to walk through a season of following him to end up where God already has something purposed for us. And I believe what God's going to, what God will bring us to is a greater place of community. A lot of that may end up being online through community groups. A lot of that may end up being through um, groups in various places where you begin to meet um, some of you together, maybe in a building, maybe in one of your homes and pray together, get to know one another, that kind of thing. I don't know how God's going to do it. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because it's going to be interesting. And you know what? We don't know what God's got and what's going to be happening in the world. You know, we had the pandemic hit us in 2020. You don't know what's going to hit the world in 2023. I mean, you just don't know. But God knows. And God's always setting us up for something that's to come. And I believe God has shaken the church because there's a lot about the church that God didn't want to replicate. God didn't want to bring what was in the past into the future. Um, and so he got rid of that. And I believe he's getting rid of that even more. And you might go, well, you know, a lot of it's still there. Well, a lot of times when God makes changes, he allows some of the old to remain with some things. But I do believe God's bringing a huge change into the earth. He's calling us into it. And we only have a glimpse of what it's going to look like. But there's certain things that I know that's going to be there. And um, I just want to talk about one of those things. And again, it's sort of strange because it looks like, how are we going to get to that? How we are now. But I believe it's God and God's going to do it. So the first thing, which is the only thing I'm going to get to today, is God wants to bring love and connections in the church. And I'm going to focus on that word love because it's something where we toss that word around, but I'm not sure we really walk it out the way God wants us to. In fact, I'm pretty sure that we're not walking it out that way. Anytime there's a lot of us, there's a lot less of God's love. We only love others when God has broken us of our selfishness, our pride, 
our self-centeredness, uh, our self-focus about everything. All life is about us. You know, when that life is just about you and your success, you realize you can't love other people very much with, with that happening, with that going on. Because to love other people, it is going to require you you being broken of pride and, and those other things I mentioned. You can't have those things and experientially love others. And uh, perhaps that'll become more clear as we're, we're talking about this. But Jesus had said, you know, with my people, with my church, one thing they're going to see about you, they're going to recognize when they see you that you're my disciples. They're going to know that because they're going to see how much you guys love each other. That's really interesting. So Jesus is saying when somebody who's not a believer gets around believers, one of the things that's going to impact them is them recognizing how you love each other. I mean, they're going to walk away going, wow, man, there's something so good there. I want to be a part of that. I need that. And walls begin to come down when they see love, but they begin to trust more. They'll see something that they need deep down on the inside because every single one of us has been made, you know, a certain way. And you know, the Bible says God is love, right? And it also shows us we're made to love God and to love one another. God made us to love him and to love one another. If we're not loving God, we're missing out on something really big in life. And if we're not loving other people, we're missing out on something really big in life, right? So God wants us to bring us to that place where we're experiencing that love. And I really want to to highlight this today. And I want to to just bring this to our attention because I believe even though there's love, there's not the radical kind of love that God wants to reestablish back in his church. We thought so many things are important. And you know, as a pastor, sometimes we'll look at, oh, this isn't happening and this isn't happening. And, um, you know, we could start judging ourselves on certain measures of worldly performance, right? Or, or tangible performance, and God's just like, you know what? You know what's most important? Are people learning to love each other? Are people learning to love me? Are people growing in love? Are they growing in the knowledge of me? Are they really growing in that? <laughs> or, you know, if you go in the knowledge of God, but you don't love each other more, what is that? Paul even said, hey, you can, you know, you can be full of faith. You can move mountains with your faith. You can do great acts of, you know, faith. But if you don't have love, you are nothing. You're nothing. And I'll just say, say, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't have love, you don't have anything. You know, you are nothing. I know that that's a strange way that he said that. But what he's saying is there's nothing to that. What do you have? Life is about love. It really is about love. And it's meant to be the foundation of everything else. That's why he's saying, um, you remember one time Jesus says, 
the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. The God wanted to know the greatest commandment. And then Jesus goes on. And the second one is really like it. It's a whole lot like it. It's so similar. It's love everybody the way you, just like you love yourself. So he's really saying, love God more than you love yourself. Love God more than you love yourself. And love everybody else the very way you love yourself. Whew. Those sound pretty impossible, right? But that's what God's called us to do. And I tell you, there's a great experience in that. Now, if you read this verse, it's in Revelation 2. I've read this to you many times in the past years. But in Revelation 2, God was speaking to the church one time. He was speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he says this to them. I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience and that you can't bear those who are evil. By the way, what he's doing is he's saying positive things about them. And you've tested those who say they're apostles and they're not. You found that they were really liars. And you've persevered and you've, you have patience and you've labored for my namesake. And you've not become weary. Man, so far I'm hearing about this church and I'm going, man, that sounds like a great church to be a part of. And they're doing everything. They're, they know doctrine. They're working for the Lord. They're uh, doing what they ought to do. They're tireless. Wow, what a great church. And then he says this, Nonetheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Now, I'm going to read it the way it can be translated, because I want to highlight some points in the other way of speaking that verse highlights a little better. It, this That verse I just read could be read like this or understood this way. Nevertheless, I have, you, I have this against you that you have um, you aren't loving the way you did it first. You have left the love you had at first. Remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Now, he's saying, first of all, go back to those first works or excuse me, first love. That's the first thing he says. Go back to the love you had at first. What love is he talking about? I believe it's at least two-dimensional. I believe he's talking about their love for God. And he's saying, go back to loving God. Go back to loving me the way you did. Do you remember how you just uh, you used to love to spend time with me? You didn't want to miss church. You didn't want to miss praise and worship. You prayed you were so excited. You were telling other people about me because you were just so excited about me. You were thinking about me all the time. Now I've got to, gotten to be a burden to you. You feel like it's a burden to have to go to church or to pray or to spend time with me. Can you not realize 
that the love you had at first isn't there. And, and I believe he's also talking about loving brother and sister, right? Spiritually, your, your Christian brother and sister. So I believe what he's saying there is the love that was there, that radical nature that you had for me and how y'all had for one another, that's not there anymore. That's not there with all that you're doing, with all the faith you've got, with all the good doctrines you've got, with all the great works you're doing. Those are amazing things. And I'm so, yeah, that's y'all ought to be preaching that and living that. But what I'm so concerned about is that love that used to be there. It used to define you. It's just not there like that anymore. And then he says, go back to those first works. He's not just talking about an emotion. So think about this. When he says, I want you to go back to, to the way you used to love. He's saying, go back to the things you used to do. What are works of love? And why is he connecting works and love? Again, it's because love isn't just an emotion. It's doing. Doing, right? Um, let me read a few of the verses here as I'm, that are coming to me in my mind here. Um, in First John, it talks about love a whole lot. And it says, By this we know him if we, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I love him, and doesn't keep his commandments is a liar. And then it says, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in his life. You know what he's saying there? Love grows in the person that is walking with God and doing what God wants them to do. And then it says, he who abides in him ought himself to walk as he himself walked. All right. Then you look in John 3.16. Excuse me. 1 John 3.16. It, it says. I was on the wrong chapter. Okay. It says. By this we know love. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. In other words, God didn't just have an emotion for us. You know when it says, God's going to take care of you. He loves you. He's not just talking about he's going to have an emotion for you. He's not going to go, oh, he's hungry and thirsty. I love him. Just live off of my love. That's not what he means. He loves you so much. Yes, he's there. He's going to take care of you. He's going to stretch out his hand because his love moves him 
to action, right? And what he says here is, what we saw earlier is, if you love, excuse, excuse me, go back to your first love and go back to your first works, demonstrating that love. And he says here, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. I'm just saying that right there is a very, very powerful, powerful verse. I'm hoping you're getting this and going, wait a second. It's not just being nice toward everybody. It's not not hating people. It's actually doing loving them and doing acts of love, doing deeds of love, okay? Then he gives you an example here how to do that. And he says, for, for whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart, how does the love of God abide in that person? So he says here, it's an act Loving means you're doing something to help somebody else that has a need. You know, the Bible tells us that we should weep with those who weep. We should rejoice with those who rejoice. And what, is, what does that mean? God's saying he wants you to share in other people's burdens and also in other people's joys. When somebody's going through something difficult and hard, you know, a hard time, maybe what they need is for you to go sit down with them and just listen to them. Maybe just give them a hug, you know, um, go out and buy them a, an ice cream or a, I don't know. But God wants us to be able to recognize where other people are and to take that to heart. You can't minister to every single body in the world, but God puts you around others, brothers and sisters, people going through difficult times, and he wants you to learn how to love them. And he says here, if you just know in your mind, oh, that person's going through a hard time, and you can do something about it, and you can't help, but then you decide not to, how is that love? That's not love. That's what he's describing here. He says, that's not love. You need to actually step out and love that person. And also he says, rejoice with those who rejoice. You know what? When you quit thinking about life coming because you've got more money, you've got a bigger house, you've got, when you realize that life comes to you because you're giving yourself away to others, that you're loving others, that you're ministering to others, I am telling you that is where life is. It's on the other side of selfishness. It's on the other side of what you think you need. Most of the time, it's on the other side. And that's for all of us. I have to work with this in my life. When, when I, there are times when I realize, you know, my flesh and my selfishness might want to be here. But then I'll go, you know what? There's a need there. And I just have to do what I have to do to, to help this individual or to, or to do this. You see, that's where the, the, the life comes into play. That's where the love of God comes into play. And that's where the power of God begins to show up in a new measure. I've shared with y'all recently how one time I was in this meeting and God led me 
in the, this meeting to say, hey, who has a need here? And I, as I'm saying this, I'm like, God's leading me into this. And then then I feel God's telling me to tell them to stand up. I don't want to stand. tell them to stand up. I'm thinking they're going to be embarrassed standing up, you know. So I think I had them raise their hand first. That was like, oh, I'm going to pick, make people raise their hand. They're telling everybody they have a, a need this morning. And then I felt God say, tell them to stand up. <laughs> and so I'm going, stand up. You know, God wants you to stand up. So people stood up all over the congregation. And then, then I'm like, God's telling me to tell everybody, if you see somebody standing up and you have, I want you to, to give to those that have need, which it was a nighttime service. But there they go. As I remember, I'm pretty sure it was a nighttime service. People started getting up. Back then, people actually carried cash with them. And I don't think the new generation even knows what the, what the word cash means. But they went around and people started going as God was leading them. And they were willingly giving of the finances they had to these other people. And I will tell you, I felt the love and the power of God comes so strongly in that place. The presence of God was so mighty and you could feel it. I was just going, God, what do I do with this now? And I didn't get any more leading, but maybe God was just saying, this is all I want to do. I just wanted to, I wanted there to be a demonstration of love today. I wanted you to reach out to other people in love. And that happened. And it was so powerful. It was a it was an experience I'll never forget, but it really it taught me something of how when we were loving others, we were giving, but what were we doing? We were loving them. That was the demonstration of love. It might have embarrassed the person standing up. It might have even made some people who thought, Man, I don't know if I have too much. It might have made them feel, you know, like, oh no, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Um, but I'm telling you, everybody that joined into that had an experience with God. And I, I just want to encourage you, as you do the works of love, you're going to experience God in a greater measure. Remember what we said earlier, that verse? He said, um, whoever keeps his word... If you're following along with God, the love of God is going to be perfected in your life. God's love is going to be more and more perfect in your life because that word is going to break off all the unloving things that are there. That which doesn't forgive others, that which holds grudges, that which gets offended at people. You know, the devil loves to bring offense, right? He loves to bring misunderstandings. He does his best. But what breaks that walking in love, reaching out to the ones who've done us wrong, reaching out to those, right, who uh, maybe um, we haven't forgiven yet? Sometimes you don't need to just say, I forgive. You need to do something that actually blesses um, because that's an act of love. But anyway, let me get back to this point here. Um so God's calling us, and I believe what he's going to do is call the church where we're going in life, where we're going next, to a place of greater loving, experiencing love, experiencing God more, 
loving one another more. So what's that going to look like? I really don't know. What's it going to look like with our groups? I don't know. I will say, by the way, um, we're going to be doing online groups soon. So you won't be just listening to me. You'll be in a group. And if you want to talk, you can talk. If you're quiet, you know, maybe you can just um, say something high or whatever every once in a while. But um, at least you'll feel like you're getting to know people. And there are going to be people praying with you and connecting with you. And I'm looking forward, as, I have, as I've shared, that, you know, I'm looking forward to going to some of these other places and meeting you and doing church service on Sundays in different places and getting to meeting some of you there. Um, but I want to encourage you to be a part of these groups. Um, I'll share more about them in days to come, but I really want to encourage you to be a part because that's that's a part of what I believe God's doing right now. And I believe it's going to be good for you to connect with other people uh, to get to know other people and to get to know the Word of God, to pray with other people, that kind of thing. So that's coming up. But but how's what's it going to look like? Um, again, I, I can't say exactly, but I can give you some pictures of what it looked like in the New Testament. So there was one expression of, I would just say, love in the early church, right right after the church was born, that's just really impressive. And people from the outside must have looked at that just going, wow, they love one another. You see, it wasn't an emotion only, an affection only that they noticed. They're watching interaction here. And so what's going on? There was a really hard time a lot of these believers were going through. They were going through extremely difficult financial times. And it says... That this is in Acts chapter 45, they begin to sell their possessions and to give it away as anyone had need. Wow. They started selling stuff, not just like selling their old tennis shoes. They were selling their homes, their properties, and they were giving that away. They were giving it away as there was need. And by the way, this wasn't forced on them. It was voluntary. If it's forced on somebody, it's not love anymore, right? It's a tax. Um, so the church wasn't taxing the church. Voluntarily, these people, out of love, an expression of love, were giving away. To, to the needy. And then it says, so continuing, this is the next verse, continuing daily with one accord and in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising the Lord and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. I just want you to see the the context. And then, of course, we're going to see how the, the power of God continued to flow there. The foundation of what's happening in this church is God is moving through love. People are connecting through love. They're enjoying being together through love. Jude actually talks about the times when they would come together, eat together. He called them love feasts. Love feasts. What a neat title. 
that they gave to those times when they would come together to enjoy each other. But again, it's more than just that. They're seeing needs. And some of these individuals who have properties or whatnot, they're selling that to give to some of their brothers and sisters in certain kinds of needs, which there were thousands of people in the church already. So that's what they were doing. That's just so impressive to me. So go back to the church in Ephesus that we read in Revelation where Jesus is going, you're doing this and this and this and this, but you don't have love like you used to. That radical way you guys used to love each other. And that radical way you used to love me and just sacrifice to do whatever to be with me and to follow me. I don't see that there anymore. Other people don't see that there anymore. You know what other people are starting to be attracted to about your church? Your hype, your show. They're impressed with you, your clothes maybe, your hipness. And it's like, you know what? That just doesn't impress me. That's, that's not what I meant to build. I think I need to, I think that's what he's sharing to this church right now, to this church in America. I want to build something that's built on love where people are connecting. They're in each other's lives. When one's weeping, others are weeping with them. When one's rejoicing, the others aren't jealous. They're rejoicing with them about whatever great thing just happened. I believe God's going to bring us back to that. I think God does love the big church and God's going to do that. But there's been something missing with the little get-togethers and the little things where people get to know one another and experience one another and pray for one another and make that really real. God wants to bring that back, right? So I believe God's going to do that. He told this church at Ephesus, guys, y'all got a lot good, but you don't have that at the radical nature. So I just don't want to replicate that. So I'm going to remove your lampstand. You're still saved, but you're not doing my best. That's not what I want. That wasn't me. Wow. He's, so he's trying to wake them up. And they're having to go, how do we love? What were we doing? They have to start thinking, how do we love one another? And that's what you need to be thinking today. How am I going to love one another? How am I going to love other people? How am I going to connect? What can be my part of doing something to where I'm connecting with the needs of others and I'm pouring my life out on the line a little bit? I, where, as Christ laid down my life, his life for me, that I'm going to lay down my life for others. Are there other people coming online that I can reach out to that live near me? Are there other people that I can join? Uh, I don't know how God's going to have you reach others and love others, but I will tell you something. This is where God's going to take us. And you might go, how's that going to happen? You know, we're online and say, I don't know. Abraham didn't know how God was going to do what God was going to do. But he led him to a place where he fulfilled his word and did exactly what he'd intended. And I'll just say to you today, one of the greatest things we're going to experience in the day forward, there are going to be people connecting with one another like ever, like never before. There's going to be a freedom from the stuff in this world. We're going to be free from, I got to have more, um, you know, than the fears and the worries of life, you know, afraid we're not going to have enough and we're going to be loving. We're going to be receiving love. 
It's going to be the greatest experience. I believe there are going to be miracles too. I believe we're going to see more miracles that are going to demonstrate God's love, more experiences of God pouring out than we have ever experienced in our lives. But I believe the greatest thing we're ever going to see and experience is that love. When it's all said and done, we'll remember those miracles. We'll remember how somebody got help, how God healed someone, how God delivered people, how God did this and that. But um, what's going to make that whole thing meaning, meaningful is the love that we had for one another and the life that we all live together and how we walk this thing through together. I shared a little bit about the story of David recently. God put David in the wilderness. It was worse than the quarantine of, you know, of having COVID, right? If David showed up in a town, they'd kill him. So he had to go in the wilderness. He was all by himself. And you could think, how's God going to make the nation and the army out there in the wilderness? And then people started coming to him. Initially, you're probably still going, God can't do anything with this. These are the craziest people in the worst situation. But they kept coming. And God kept taking them from one trial to the next. And guess what? These men developed a love for God and a love for one another. A love for one another. They had their arguments. They had things they went through. But they were so committed to one another. And when they came back, that's what they brought to the picture. And God, I believe, made the greatest army of all time through that ragtag group of men that were in the wilderness together, that were in a place where you would have thought, God will never do anything great with those people. God will never think do anything great out of that situation. That's what I think God's going to do. It's a strange situation. Things are unusual all over the world. I think there's probably a lot more craziness that's going to happen, to be honest with you. But I tell you, God's got something in mind. You've got to know. And one of the things that we're going to see in this move of God is God's going to reestablish love and loving relationships, sacrificial kind of love relationships where we're laying down our lives for one another and where that's the most precious and wonderful thing, not what this materialistic world we are living in has been teaching us. I want you to understand, I'm not saying doing well is bad. It's good to do well. God likes to bless us financially. But I'm saying if it's in the wrong place, it's, it's bad. And it's destroying what's good. So today I know some of you are in the house. Um, I hope you can meet in groups after, after I close and just pray for one another. Um, you might be in some place where you're with a neighbor there, with your family perhaps, or some friends watching this morning. Um, I just encourage you to get together and talk about this message. I will, um, you know, ask, you know, what, you know, each other, what'd you get out of it? What, what God highlight to you? And uh, I'm gonna just mention some questions here, just to sort of get you started thinking. Um, one would be, you know, um, what areas you can answer? What areas do I believe God's calling me to go forward in? You know, what what's God pulling you to go forward in? Maybe you could share that with the group. Think about it a little bit. What's God nudging you forward in to? 
The other thing is, what's God calling me to let go of? Maybe some of you could share some of that with others this morning. Just what's God been dealing with you on? What are you wrestling with? And um, what do you feel like maybe God's having you to let go of? Right? And um, and another thing, maybe how could how can we all start loving others more? And how could you start loving others more? What's the challenge there? Maybe you could maybe you could think of someone you've not been very loving to, someone you've been offended at, someone you're angry at, someone you've not forgiven. Maybe you need to forgive them this morning. You know, but the question would be, how can I walk in more love today? What can I do? What can we do? How can we be more loving? So anyway, let me pray with you. And I just want to believe God. God's going to bless you and cause you to learn to love other people more. We all need to be loved, but I just want to encourage you this week. Love other people, not just in word, not just in word, but in deed. Reach out to that person you don't like and bring them a Starbucks or an apple pie or something. You know, and change your heart toward them and decide you're going to pray for them. Um, you know, do something. Do Reach out to that person that might that has a need. Go spend some time with someone that you know that's a little lonely or call them and talk to them. Make a decision to love somebody and to go a little further than what you've done. Jesus told this church, I want you to be more loving. That's what he was telling them. I want you to go back to radically loving people. I know you love people. I know you love me. It's just not radical anymore. I'm asking you to go back to that radical love, all right? You might go, how do I do that? God will tell you if you're willing. So, Father, I just thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for being with us, teaching us, giving us what we need. Lord, and I pray you teach us all how to be more loving. We're all so needy, always thinking we need this, we need that, we need... But, Lord, one of the things we need is we need to learn to love others. If we would love others more... We would experience so many breakthroughs ourselves. God, there's so much amazing stuff that happens when we love others. Help us, God, to not be selfish. Help us, God, to not just hold on to everything. Help us, God, to be willing to lay down our time, our money, or whatever it might be, God. Lord, and we pray, Lord, that we would remember the whole way Okay, this my flesh doesn't want to do this, but God said he'd honor me. God said he'd bless me. God said he'd take care of me. So I can be free to do this no matter what my flesh is telling me. And I can know there's a blessing on the other side. So Lord, here I am. I submit myself to you. Use me to be a blessing today. Use me to love others. Use me to reach out. Use me to share with others. Use me to help others come Learn how to walk with Christ. Use me to tell others about Christ that they might be saved. Lord, I pray all of this now. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, and may God use you. You're his hands and his feet. Let the compassion of Christ live in you, and let the love of Christ be made perfect, be made whole, be made complete in your life this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.